Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mahita Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Altergat, the Chief Experience Officer at the CX Edge. And boy, do we have a special treat for you guys today. We have a two-for-one special with two of my very good friends that I love talking to, everything marketing uh, within the material handling industry. We have Lori Leitner, Marketing Manager with ProList, and Reed Ando, Marketing Manager with Lifto. Hi, guys. Hi, Hello. Sherry. Hi. Well, thank you so much. This is the first time that we've done a twofer. So <laughs> I'm very excited to have you both. Um, I was honored to be a guest on your podcast. We'll talk a little bit more about that later and um, returning the favor. And so thank you guys for being a part of the Mahita Talks episode today. You're welcome. Um, honored to be here. So honored to be guesting at the Mahita is the biggest uh, uh, material handling kind of like group. So. I'm really honored to be part of this. We're honored to have you. Thank you. So I always like to start off these podcasts. I know you guys know a lot of Mahita members, um, but probably not all of them. So I'd like to start off with, if you could give me a little bit of background about yourself, how you got started in the industry, as well as the company you work for. So Lori, if I could have you start just with a little background info for our listeners. Sure. So Lori Leitner from ProLift Toyota Material Handling and a couple of weeks ago marked my 22nd year with them. So fell into material handling by accident and apparently I'm just going to keep growing up here, which is working for all of us. Um, but I'm the marketing manager, uh, really take care of all of those typical branding and marketing aspects of the business, but also have a fantastic team that consists of customer experience, new business development, web sales reps, uh, a great CRM specialist, and also manager of first impressions or MoFi, which is our consolidated reception. So fantastic overall marketing team. I can't believe you've been there that long. So you must have started <laughs> when you were 10. I yeah. did. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> well. Red, how about you? So yes. You pronounce it right. It's red, not read. Red Anhol here from Lifto. Um, I've been with Lifto for uh, close to 15 years now. I started as a graphic designer, web designer, photography, and video. So mostly multimedia programming, web designing. Mm -hmm. And I got the opportunity to uh, kind of like apply for being the marketing manager when my boss left. That was about three years ago now. And I'm really happy that our now president, Sherry Brimley, gave me the opportunity to try it out and, and show my capabilities. So now I'm the marketing manager at Lifto. It's a Lifto group. Um, uh, we have the Lifto, Badger Toyota Lift, Mason Lift, and Northern Toyota Lift in that group. We also have the Lift Training Division in that group. So overseeing marketing for all of that. And just like a share was us, uh, Lori was uh, saying, it's not just marketing that we do now, um, kind of handling uh, sales, sales development as well for us. Um, um, customer relation through the CRM that's under marketing in our, in our company. So um, just like learning as like Lori, um, always learning new things. Um, so that's it. That's why I'm here now with you. 
<laughs> Welcome. And we have some industry veterans, so this is a big treat for us. And, and I, I love that you guys have been in this space for so long and in marketing for so long, because I really want to start off with what you think the role of marketing is in a lot of organizations. And I would say it's the most undefined role because it's very different against different dealerships. I used to say I I started back about 20 years ago and they, it was the marketing person was somebody who knew how to use PowerPoint and could put together a golf outing and they called them the marketing person. And that's just, I mean, that's how it was. And the, the role of marketing I've really seen evolve over the years um, significantly, but I don't know that it's still really well defined within a lot of the organizations. So how would you define the role of marketing within a material handling company? Um, I'll start with that one for sure, because I, you know, I'm with you. That's exactly what it was. You could, you could make a good postcard, you could put a logo on apparel, and we would spend maybe 25% to half of our day out in the shop boxing up stuff to ship it out, promo items, right? That was the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even today we still can debate where does marketing fall? Does it fall under the sales umbrella or is it really its own thing? And that's where I see marketing leaning is it's its own thing. It is this role that can touch every department in someone's organization. Uh, We tend to be customer focused anyway, because we have to figure out how to talk to customers, what's the messaging so our brains tick naturally in that way so when we get together with recruitment or ops or even accounting we're looking at a process in a very different set of eyes um and just very lucky here at prolift you know sometimes when somebody comes in and they ask a lot of questions that becomes an irritation point but they really tend to value that perspective and um pointing out things that maybe they're not looking at Mm-hmm. And if I can add to that, when when Lori said that she, that she's lucky with ProLift, same as me, I think that the role of marketing depends on the marketing manager and the mm-hmm. leader. Because I, someone can just be, okay, I'm just doing flyers, I'm good, this is marketing. Or the, the marketing leader can say, I want to do more, and with the support of the president, you can do a lot more. In my case, Cherry Brimley is great, and I'm I'm not. Uh, how would you say this? I'm not I'm not gonna say it because it, there's it's like a bleep word in it. But I'm just saying that she's given so much um, uh, freedom and uh, to us to say do what you need to do. That we've evolved from just making flyers, just like you said, to mm-hmm. having a big impact on the company. Right now, our department is in charge of sales development, which is a great thing, I think. We're helping sales, especially when COVID hits, pandemic hits, we're developing so many tools for them so that they will be uh, enabled to still sell. And that's marketing helping sales now. Uh, Customer experience through CRM, we are are, uh, 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 using CRM right now very much that it has become uh, is a vital to our operation, and that's under marketing. Um, and then obviously the marketing stuff, flyers, websites, emails, all of that 
so do but it's now more than just that and to, to come back to what i'm saying it depends on the marketing manager and the leadership if they give the chance yeah it's a good point yeah and i totally agree and you guys hit on some really good things i mean it all comes down to leadership support right i mean for us to be successful in our role and that certainly was the case with me as well um i worked for somebody that really had a vision and really understood marketing and let us be creative and kind of do those things. You know, I agree. I think especially around the sales conversation is probably the conversation I hear the most, you know, of where does marketing belong? You know, I think when you have, and just for example, when you have a vice president of sales and marketing, marketing is always the secondary, you know, it's almost the supportive role of sales. And I think it really deserves equal playing field because they're two different competencies, but they're interrelated. Um, so I think what you guys have done is start to kind of merge those worlds and put marketing up on a more strategic place as it should be. So kind of keeping on the topic of marketing, I know you guys do a lot of different innovative stuff. Um, have you found a marketing strategy over the last two or three years that you found to be most effective? I don't know that there's one, but I was thinking about this yesterday and uh you know really it's only been in the last five years that i feel like that our industry has exploded from a digital marketing standpoint right you know we're so ingrained in it one year can feel like 20 but it was only four or five years ago that we started relaunching websites that are more interactive where we had controls of the uh, pages and the setup you know, that's not that very long ago. So email automation and such, but I think I think that's where it's changed, just the digital marketing. And look at Google ad prices for this space, they've gone up. And that's just another mm -hmm. indicator that all the players are coming into the digital marketing zone. Mm -hmm. um, I would still say traditional, your traditional, uh, you know, there's nothing, in the past five years that is like really new like mm -hmm. if you think about it when facebook came or social media came that was new right it's like something that's new to play but that's been out there um you know we tried TikTok, but you know it did not really work for um when we tried it we actually i wasn't kidding we tried TikTok. um uh, just to see, right? We we have Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We have all social media. So at one point we tried TikTok. Um, our issue there was like uh, like the, the content was being put on because they're more for uh, the contribute contributions are coming from our techs or the younger people that we could not really. Some of the content they were putting on is not like by our standards. So we kind of just cut that. Uh, so nothing really um, new. Uh, for us, for the last, probably the same time as Lori said, five, no, actually, no, three years, we've been focusing a lot on content creation, creating content. Uh, that is like, uh, it, it's, it's one content can be uh, uh, dissected and distributed into many different places. Sometimes you take a piece of one, put it on all social media. You start with a blog and then you just piece it and put it on all social medias you can put your nurture marketing send it to to that blog um, uh, you can uh, uh, reps can use it 
to, to send to their customers to establish credibility. So content creation is the, the to me is will be the, the biggest thing that we've been like constantly doing now. Every week we have a blog post. I think Lori has two. And that's our basis for all for a week schedule or our editorial calendar is that one article for that week and we just splice it up. Yeah, that's where it's at, Sherry. It's the content strategy. Like that's where we need to stick and go. That's the most effective one. Um, we should be answering every question that customers are asking, right? But we get ingrained in our world. It becomes boring to us. We don't think people need to know it anymore because we learned it a couple of years ago. Um, but that's that's where we need to stick. That's what's going to be most effective for material handling. It's harder to put some of the other um, marketing strategies in place for us. Just to add to that, just one last, which is related to content too, is content but video. I get that would be uh, for myself my the next uh, phase of this. Sorry. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, Laura, you touched on the beginning talking about digital marketing. And I read an article recently that really said, I'm talking about digital marketing because digital marketing is just marketing now. It's not a separate thing because that really is, you know, what we do. And I thought that was such a good point that we've still segmented these two things of traditional marketing, digital marketing, when today everything we do is, is really digital marketing so that means it's just marketing um you know and I, I totally agree with the content side i would say i in, in clients that i talk to they understand the importance of of content but they have trouble basically getting it done you know because it takes a lot of time it's not a, a super easy thing to do so how do you guys really deal with actually executing the content effectively I have a secret, but I don't want to share it. <laughs> Understood. Understood. <laughs> you guys are great. I'm going to share it. So um, we uh, work with a company, uh, and they write stuff for us. Um, mm -hmm. And we had like a bank of almost two years worth of content. And this is related to our industry. Uh, because if you're going to rely on sales managers to give you, and no, I love all sales managers, but they're busy and say, Hey, John, can you give me something about this battery, how that works and things like that? They're going to say yes, but it will take them probably a year before they that gets back to you. So to get a, like a bank of content, you need help from professionals. So that's what we did. We, we work with a company and obviously all, all that they give us, we have looked and vet that okay you're calling forklift not fork whatever it's it's uh, it's legit content and then on our side we also have to translate all of this into french so that's why there's always um, for us but uh, that's that's what we did i don't know what lori share your yeah secret. my philosophy is really different and it always has been when we talk amongst our peers this is a huge question because you're right it's it is something that people struggle to get done and you have to naturally almost enjoy writing to really get into it that's probably uh, was a benefit that i brought was that was a piece of me i could bring into work but mm. i i interview the um 
people here, our associates, they're truly the people that are the experts in this industry. So I go to them much like this podcast that we're doing with some questions. I'm dangerous enough to that I know something about the industry, but I don't know enough that I can't ask some questions that customers would. But from there, we really develop the content and marketing. Internally. Because internally, we take that pressure away from our people to write, because I do think that's the bottleneck that you hit is um, they want to help, but they they're not really in a writing zone. So we take that piece away. It is tough. And I salute you, Lori, for able to, being able to do that because I know how hard it is just to, to get information alone and then to construct it into you know, proper blog. It takes a lot of like uh, you know time and, and effort to, to make it. And if you're doing that weekly, salute. I didn't say I was doing it weekly. No. I just said I was doing it. <laughs> I think they're both very valid strategies that that people use, right? I I do a lot of content writing for my clients. I do a lot of ghost writing where clients hire me to write for their blogs. Um, it's a totally valid strategy. But I've also Lori worked with other clients that want to just know what their keywords are, but they want to write the blog post themselves. I think no matter which way you do it, I think the most important thing that we understand in content writing is that it needs to be keyword rich and it has to be written from an SEO perspective. You know, I've seen, and I think that's sometimes a problem, Lori, you know, when you're looking at a sales person or sales manager to write something, they're not going to write it from that necessary perspective that you need to put it online with. And that's why I think, you know, doing the interviews is a good idea that you're getting that information but you can use your marketing side to really craft it in a way that sits well with SEO. If I can comment on that too, I think the most important is consistency. That is yeah. the most important because if you're doing it once a month, twice a week, whatever, it's, you have to be consistent with, with the, the content. That's first to me, that's my opinion. Uh, but regarding the keyword, if, if, more of like that, like they're writing for SEO. Um, there's some good in that because you can get organic traffic, but sometimes it doesn't read very well. So the, the company that we work with, they are great that there are keywords there, but it's not sounding like a, a stuffed, you know, when you were stuffed a blog. Yeah. 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 Like, I got it's like, it's like throw up of keywords on yeah. a page where it's forklift in every single you know, forklift, 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 lift truck, fork truck. I lifted the fork so the fork will lift it, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, so I was hoping to, to switch gears a little bit. As I mentioned in the beginning, I was fortunate enough to be on your guys' podcast early on when you started. So I was hoping we could spend a little bit of time of talking about your podcast, how it's going, and, and why you decided to do it. Okay. Lori can tell the story. <laughs> well, and I'll let you add to it, because this was really uh, Red's brainchild to do. And uh, at first it was, Lori, I'm going to start a webcast, and I want you to come on it and talk with me. 
somehow that developed into doing it with him and we we did this back and forth for months and, and really didn't pick it up uh, and I read a story from a marketing you know influencer that I follow and he said even if no one ever listened to what I developed I would do it anyway because it's it's my opportunity to learn something new for me so I do it for me and I thought that was really interesting and it prompted me to get back in touch with red and say all right you know I, I'm in let's do this and let's learn together and you know maybe there's a handful of people out in our peer network that will benefit as well and that was enough for me mm -hmm. yeah so well if Lori did not say yes then there will be no <laughs> so, but to me personally, I have like selfish reasons why I'm doing shows like this. English is not my first language, and I I am like shy on camera. Mm -hmm. Really? <laughs> I, I I I uh, I'm 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 shy and I get nervous. So for me to practice all the time, like speaking in public and being in front of the camera. I, I do, and Lori would know this, I have a cooking show, I have a fishing show. I, yeah. I, do all of, I do all of that so that I can develop. And then for the material handling podcast as well, it, when we're interviewing people, we learn a lot more. Just we do. You, when we interviewed you, we learn about the customer experience and all of that. That's learning for us. So uh, it's, it's like, you know, you're a basketball player, you always practice. To me, that's what this is. It's just practicing at the same time learning. That's awesome. I mean, I think that's such a great initiative because it's multifaceted and, you know, there's so many good things that can come from it. So if people are looking for your podcast, where can they find it? So right now, uh, we're in the process of creating a LinkedIn page. I was actually looking at that uh, last week because you need to uh, create a company and it's just complicated for now it's on YouTube it's marketing much more handling webcasts on YouTube we have more than 10 subscribers yeah and five or six and hopefully with this one we have more so can we yeah. have to like right. our <clears throat> channel it's I think we're all we're all we're all in the material handling community and we should all be supporting each other. So <laughs> if anybody's listening to this, please go follow their podcast, but also make sure that you're following Mahita and the CX Edge as well. Um, so I've talked to a few clients recently that have kind of tossed around the idea of starting a podcast um, and for different varying reasons. So when you started, I know you're still early into this, what is something that you wish you had known before you started that you could give some advice to our listeners if they're considering starting a podcast? I'll I'll jump in here because for us, right, everything's digital. It's online. I'm not next to red. I'm I'm relying on the square to read his cues. And you hate to talk over each other all the time and look, you know, unorganized. I think that's the toughest part is really getting into the flow of the conversation. See if I see, you know, him start to say something so that I don't. <laughs> it's, that is very difficult. And also the sounds that you naturally make 
this is so bizarre, but I noticed in the first one, even going, mm-hmm, yeah, <laughs> it was so loud. It's like coming over on top of people's voices. And so I've learned to nod a little bit more, that's natural anyway, but to tone that piece down. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Um. to me, because I've been doing other uh, stuff like this, not really, it's more technical. Technical is, is the, uh, the the challenge, especially if your guest will be, does not have the right equipment, then there'll be challenges there, like sounds, like echoes and cameras not working. And there's really nothing, well, I guess you can do something by, by ahead of time, giving some, and this is what Lori and I did now, is we start the, let's say we're recording at this time, we come in a little bit earlier, so we test sound and things like that and videos if they're yeah. working. Um, but yeah, but that's about it, I think. Uh, one thing too is maybe a bank of uh, of uh, guests because we're now running out of guests, Lori. Maybe Sherry, you can We will have... never run out of guests, Red. We will never run out of guests. No. Okay. I only see one on the on the pipeline there. Hopefully there's <laughs> so, but if you can have other uh, guests you can um, refer Sherry, would appreciate to that too. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk after I have some people. Okay. Um so you guys successfully made it to our lightning round. Are you familiar with our lightning round on the heat of yes. We should be nervous, so, right? I'm nervous. You should be Everybody a little bit nervous. nervous. <laughs> I try. I do try to keep the questions as appropriate as possible. But I have ten questions. I've never done this with two people. So, but it's lightning round. So I'm going to ask you the question, and it's the first one to come to your head. So the first question, Lori will go first, then Red, and then the second question, Red will go first, and then Lori. All right. You guys can keep the order. Okay. All right. You ready? Ready. All right. So we're starting off, Lori. What's your favorite board game? Monopoly. Snakes and ladders. <laughs> Isn't it shoots and ladders? Is it snakes? I don't, and ladders? I don't know. <laughs> Is it different in Canada? You don't know what snakes and ladders are. I'll just say chess. Oh, all right, Red. You're starting off. What is something you cannot do? Sing. I can do it, but I suck at it. Sorry. <laughs> I can't design. I'm not a designer. Really? I'm surprised on that one. Yeah. Um, Lori, what does creativity mean to you? Um, oh, my goodness. It, the, the thing that keeps coming to my brain is it's just absolute happiness. So creativity is, this is not a real answer, Sherry, but it's in everybody. <laughs> um, and I, I consider that part of my mission is to kind of bring that to the surface for people. It's really, I guess it's bringing their ideas to life, right? Putting it into action. Yeah. I, I got there eventually, Red. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you? To me, coming up with something out of nothing. Mm, yeah. That's good. That comes out. All right, Red, how did you start your day today? With a hangover. <laughs> I love the honesty that we have in this group. <laughs> Lori, if you have the same answer, we might have to have some problems. No, Fred did not invite me to the gathering last night. Um, 
uh, really just started out with waking up the kids. So we we started going back to school on Wednesday. So the house is no longer quiet. Was a quiet 18 months with COVID. Now I got to share the space. All right, Lori, what's your spirit animal? Probably, uh, gosh, probably an owl. But yeah, also I Cruella. You. I know this isn't a, an animal, but Cruella <laughs> is my spirit animal. Oh. Really. So. So I don't know what a spirit animal is. is. This on a book? Is this like a horoscope or something? Is like the the uh, the. No, it's what animal sort of inspires you, or you would want to be if you were an animal. Oh, okay. I would like to be a bird, like the albatross. Well, we could hang out if I'm an owl and you're. Yeah, an owl. that's. Hey. I fly. All right, Red. I so I didn't know you had a cooking podcast. So this next question: Would you prefer cooking or baking? I'm actually a master baker, and I'm not kidding. Master baker. Yeah. Wow. Was, yeah. Lori's laughing, but it's true. But, <laughs> it is. Look, you can look it up. You, you can. I, I went to school for it. Uh, I like cooking better than baking. I like handing people my money. I anything more than five <laughs> ingredients is no longer of interest. But I will set the table and give you my money. Is there, Lori? Is there a dessert that you don't like? I don't like pie. You live in the south. I thought you had to like pie. I know that's probably why I don't like pie, you know, because it was always there. I don't like pie. <laughs> All right, Master Chef, <laughs> Ryan, what dessert don't you like? Where did you come up with that question? That's hard to answer. They're all sweet. I like them all. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'd go with Lori. Bye. Uh, all right, Red, what did you want to be? when you grew up when you were when you were 12 what did you want to be when you grew up i had no ambitions but um when i was young my, my father bought me like a pilot suit so i guess i wanted to be a pilot i wanted to be a librarian i love books i still love books um that's what i would lock myself in my room to do and and i vividly remember my elementary school librarian like how uh just expressive she was when she would read to us she really became the character so for several years i thought that's what i would do wow all right lori would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or in a broken elevator mm. oh my gosh it kind of depends on how high up the ski lift is because at least you can breathe. It's high enough you can't right. jump off. Mm, yeah, I can't jump off. Um, I still probably am going to hang out on the ski lift for a while. All right, Red. Ski lift or broken elevator? Are you with somebody or alone? <laughs> <laughs> and Let's who say are you're with people. Who's that? <laughs> and who? Yeah, so that's the question, right? But... <laughs> Let's see if I'm alone, I can be in an elevator. But if there are other people, I'll be in the ski lift. <laughs> okay. it's dangerous in the elevator. <clears throat> All right, this is the last question, but it's a little bit different for each of you. So, Red, I'm going to start with you. Give me one stereotype Canadians have about Americans. 
oh my gosh, don't put me there. <laughs> Just uh, one. And I don't believe this because my son is American and we lived in the States. But Canadians think that Americans are what they call this. Uh, how would I say this? Uh, all about themselves. You know, it's like self-absorbed. There's, there's yeah, only ego track. There's mm -hmm. all the Americans, there's no one else kind of thing. So that's kind of yeah. what they but Laura, I bet you can guess this question. Give me a stereotype Americans have about Canadians. I know. So I this is the this it's no longer true now what he said about Americans, but everybody always says that they're really nice and then we can't <laughs> We can't imitate a Canadian without saying a every other word. So I think we have, we think that you say it in every sentence. Um, but yeah, I think it's known that Canadians are likely nicer. So yeah, I could just go back to, so, and that's kind of like the, what Canadians think of Americans is like that reverse. And it's, it's so, yeah, we got it the first time. Yeah, we got yeah. it. <laughs> I'm not thinking like that. So I'm American. Yeah. But when we moved from from the states to here, I heard what you guys are hearing. Like, how come people are speaking here like that? So I lived in the states for six years, right? So, but as I'm, I've been here now, I kind of don't hear those anymore. Those A's and things. A. I mean, we still say people from Minnesota speak like that. So it's just like, um, well, you guys even made it through the lightning round. So congratulations. Thank you so much for joining me. I definitely learned some stuff today and it was certainly a pleasure. Do you have any last parting words of marketing wisdom you would like to leave our audience with? Uh, I would say really consider how, you know, marketing can play a bigger role in your company if it's not already, um, what perspective it brings to the table and um, where it can you know, elevate processes and customer experience pieces that you already have in line. Well, to me, it's just constant, constant learning. Always be there looking for new information. So subscribe to our channel, our <laughs> handling webcast. Right. And you will see, as we discover, you guys will discover as well. So. Yes. Thanks for the share. Well, no, thank you guys so much. We'll have to have you back on next year and continue the conversation. This has been Mahita Talks with Sherry Altergat. See you guys next time. Bye.